Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, and Salome brought false spices, so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? And they looked up. They saw the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. Said to them, Do not be alarmed. If you are looking for Jesus at Nazareth, who was crucified, he has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. We go, tell the disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb. For terror and amazement, Seized and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. And all that had been commanded, they told briefly to those around him. And afterward, Jesus himself set out through them from the east to the west the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So many of us, perhaps most of us, but all of us will one day linger at a graveside. And we will linger at a graveside of, after the words of the middle have been spoken by a pastor. And then when we realize that we realize at that moment that we had really not thought past the moment of letting a loved one down in the final resting. Now in those moments, I have been the face, and I have seen the faces of those who are not exactly sure what to do in that moment, having not thought past that moment. These moments, whether we live them out or whether we witness them, I believe they give us something of the idea, of an idea, of the minds of Mary, Mary and Solomon in our story today. Now when these three visited the tomb where Jesus is buried, there is no indication that they're thinking about a resurrection. They're only going to tend to a body in the tomb, as was customary, and now that the sun had gone into rays and the Sabbath was over. They had to admit that they're no doubt that they were shocked still after witnessing what they had witnessed in the death of Christ on the cross. It is not something one forgets. Now, of course, you and I, we know that Jesus had said three days later he will raise from the dead just like they had been told. And I doubt any of us this morning came and I read this scripture and you were shocked that Jesus rose from the grave. You came expecting that today, just like I did. But we ought to consider perhaps that these three, these three had seen a most devastating death. 
and Jesus is crucifixion. And given that, perhaps we can understand why that seems so fine. Jesus had said he would raise in three days, but having seen what happened later, no one comes back from this kind of death. It doesn't happen. Surely Jesus didn't understand what he was going to do, or they must have known. There's trauma they experienced. It's trauma that they come to the tomb of Jesus. Now they did have in mind, they did have mind enough to go and buy spices and to, to go and take care of Jesus' body, but they seem to have forgotten that just days before, Mary Magdalene himself already anointed Jesus' feet. On Good Friday, maybe they didn't know that Nicodemus had purchased a hundred pounds of spice already to anoint him. I can only imagine the amount of adrenaline that had flowed through their, and coursed through their bodies three days before. And by that alone, they must have been sheerly exhausted on this morning. Even so, their hearts are about to begin beating out of their chests. You see, as they're making their way to the tomb, Mary, Mary and Salome, they express concern. How are we going to move that heavy stone from the, from the tomb that we're headed towards? Seems they didn't think through all the details. <clears throat> but that concern soon turns to surprise. Because when they get there, the stone has been moved, and they must have wondered who moved the stone, who would have done this. And then this surprise turns to alarm, is what happens. And they poke their head inside of this tomb, and there's someone there, but it's a stranger, dressed in white robes. And the stranger doesn't ask them why they're there. He tells them, he knows why they're there. You're here to see Jesus, but he is not here. See that place where he was? He's no longer there. He is gone. So you need to go tell the disciples and that Jesus has already gone to Galilee, and you're to meet him there just like he told you. Now their alarm turns to terror and amazement. Their fight and flight instincts kick in yet again, and they're afraid. And they simply run. They run away. And as Mark tells it, they don't seem to have a destination. They just know they need to get away from this tomb. Then, just in case you haven't heard Mark say already, he feels the need to tell us one more time. They were afraid. Fear. And resurrection. But how do they relate? Resurrections often generate fear, a ceasing fear, as we can read. There had been other resurrections. Even those Jesus had raised from the dead. In a place called Nain, they carried a dead man out on a, a procession, and his mother is there, and Jesus has compassion on her grief, and he raises his hand. Immediately they are fear, and fear had seized them all because of what Jesus did. Just a few days before our story today, Jesus entered the tomb of Lazarus. And he raised Lazarus from the dead. And then fear struck the Pharisees. They heard what Jesus had done, and they feared him. So that's when the plot to kill him began. 
resurrection other than from the dead. There were those who had been resurrected from statuses and from illnesses and from physical maladies, and they too were afraid of their time, it seems. In Mark 5, you may remember the woman who had been sick her whole life. She thought, if I can just touch his garment, I'll be healed. And she does, and she is. And then she realizes, oh, he knows. And she is gripped with fear. Fear and trembling. So many instances in the Bible when after people are restored, are healed, or, or Jesus performs a miracle, he has to say to them, don't be afraid. Outside the house of 
priest because he had heard the rooster crow his condemnation three times. Maybe Jesus knew that Peter needed to be invited by that. Yes, you too. You are eating the disciples still, Peter. You come. And now it's time for you, Peter, to live into the future that I told you you would live into. Your future is to be realized now, Peter. Come to Galilee. Your sins are forgiven. Your mistakes are forgotten. And now is the time. Now is the time to birth my church. And this same thing is offered to you and me today. You and I, to this, on this Easter Sunday, we are invited to live a life beyond sins. We are invited to leave fears in the tombs. We're invited to leave in the tomb anything that wants to hold us back. So what is the tomb? What is it that is in your tomb? You might need to run from today. And if you run from it, where shall we run? There's a cosmic truth to Easter. And that cosmic truth is unfolding, and over the next few weeks, we will walk 40 more days of Jesus. And in those 40 days, we will learn what it means to transform the world as those who follow Christ. Easter boldly tells us that there is one day no child will live. Easter tells us that the day is coming when no one will go hungry, and the idea of raising any kind of weapon towards another human being will make no sense. Because we understand that we are one community, created in the image of the whole. No, that day is not fulfilled yet. No, we can't look at our world and see that, but we are taught to live it today. In our own life, and in our own living. And in the coming days, Glory of God before the ever Can you remember that moment when it all changed for you? Do you remember that moment that you stepped into a new world and a new reality? Do you recall the newness of the pandemic? Do you recall the day we put green lights above our narthex doors or we put a green light in our home to remember those who died? You remember that first day the child appears lived under your roof. You remember your first day on the job. You remember that first day you felt alone. Do you remember that day your heart hardened just a little bit? And why? If you can remember those. Hold on. Without a doubt, those are the days that we step into new world, new realities. On, on the Easter Sunday, we remember those. We remember that we can change for better or worse. The day will come again when we will again step into new reality. But even so, in that moment when we're caught off guard, whether it's painful or beautiful, terrible or wonderful, whether we are shaken to our core or not, we will feel like we need to go running somewhere else. And when we run, we to Christ. That is the Easter journey. In western Tennessee, there's a lake called Rofa. And Rofa Lake is the only natural lake in Tennessee. And it's uh, 200 years old, though. So it's a baby. Compared to lakes like it. And it was formed after a massive earthquake struck in the area of the Mississippi River 
close by every valley that was on the other side of that river bank. And if you were south of there, if you lived on the river, what you saw was the mighty Mississippi flowing this way and then stopping. And then flowing completely in reverse for a couple of days until that lake was full. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine standing next to something with the force of the Mississippi River? Seeing it stop and then flow backwards. What must they have thought? What power in this world can call that to The power of Easter is even stronger. The power of Easter says that everything has changed. A new reality has been born. And 2,000 years ago in a cemetery, God did something amazing. It was a moment that no one could understand. Not even the Gospels have all the details the same, but what we do know that people were afraid, disciples were running back and forth, and they were unsure what would happen next. And 2,000 years later, Easter continues to flow into the low valleys of our lives and our world. Everything is being transformed. And now on Easter Sunday, even when the terrible waters of life want to reverse themselves on us, we know that life is born out of death. We know that redemption overcomes gifts. We know that war becomes peace. We know tears become joy. So today, remember this story. Be changed. Run from your tombs. Run into the gracious arms of Christ. Thanks be to God.